This is not the sound of a stream running through the mountains. It's water from a leaking pipe trickling down a stairway. That's not a frog splashing into a lake. It's a piece of sheetrock falling into a puddle on a kitchen floor. And that's not a hiker taking a deep breath of mountain air. It's a homeowner gasping at the sight of a $12,000 water damage repair bill. 40% of homeowners have experienced water damage. Protect your home with the Moen Smart Water Monitor and Shutoff. Moen. There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between, offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthierhappenstogether. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. This episode is brought to you by Skinny Pop Popcorn. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious. Oh, so light and crunchy. Skinny Pop Original Popcorn is the snack you've been searching for. Made with just three simple ingredients, popcorn kernels, sunflower oil, and salt. Snacking never felt or tasted so good. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious. Give yourself permission to snack and pick up Skinny Pop Original Popcorn today. How to make more summer plants. Cuttings and propagation. A step-by-step guide with me, Alan Titchmarsh. Hello and welcome to the first in a brand new Gardener's World magazine podcast series, exploring some of the key issues that incense and inspire gardeners. These are handy expert guides to some of the topics and techniques the team at Gardener's World are asked about time and time again. Cuttings, tomatoes, pests, 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 blooming blight, composting, to name but a few. In this exclusive series, I'm going to talk about some of these big questions and share with you my practical no-nonsense solution. I'll lead you, not down the garden path, but to a more successful, hopefully less stressful approach to tackling common garden woes and getting the garden of your dreams. I want to help you to have more time enjoying the fruits and flowers of your labours and less time actually labouring. To kick us off, a subject close to my heart, making the most, or rather making more, of your summer plants. More, more, more. Please, sir, I want some more, as Oliver Twist might say. Plant propagation is a skill, or rather a set of skills, that I believe every gardener should master. Why? Well, it makes sense economically. It saves you money. It makes sense 
environmentally, you're not retiring last year's bedding plants to the compost heap, but recreating them, reincarnating them, if you like, giving them another year of life. You won't lose the plants you love due to lifestyle changes. If you're moving house, for instance, or undertaking building work in the garden, that'll impact on some of your favourite plants. Well, you can take them with you or you can move them out of the way. If your mobility needs are changing and you need to change your garden to suit, then this is a way of making sure you don't lose those things you've spent so much time growing. You can overwinter tender plants if they're so treasured by you that you really don't want to lose them as individuals. You can overwinter them by taking cuttings rather than trying to keep the enormous plant going in a leaky, mildewy greenhouse. You can also increase the range of plants you grow, seeing things in other folks' gardens and getting them to uh, let you have a little piece. It's a, a common gardening trait. Well, that way you can take home a little piece of plant that hasn't got roots and make sure that you give it roots. And the greatest thing about taking cuttings is the satisfaction involved. You know at the end when that little plant puts on roots and starts to grow that you've really made it almost out of nothing, just with your own skill. And then the treasures you have come with their own little stories, plants you got from other people that revive treasured memories. They become your chicks, if you like, and you become very proprietorial about plants you've grown yourself. They become treasures with a greater backstory than anything you've bought. So when should you take tender cuttings? Well, of course you can take them right the way through the summer, but September is an ideal time. The wood is just beginning to firm up. It's not too soft and mushy, and cuttings rooted at this time of year have a chance to form those roots and establish them before the winter comes. So September is an ideal time. Today, I'm going to focus on a single propagation technique and talk you through how to take tender or softwood cuttings. Get the hang of this, and by next spring, you'll have young plants ready to pot up, just in time to restock your garden with brilliant summer colour, all for free. If you've never done it before, just follow my guide. It's dead easy. You don't need to scrabble for a pen and paper. You can find links to online resources, step-by-step illustrated guides, videos on our podcast pages. So put the kettle on, relax, and join me to hear some titchmarsh techniques. Let's get down to the nitty-gritty. First off, this is a recipe for success. Like all recipes, you'll need some equipment, some ingredients, and a method, or maybe a slice of cake for the end as a reward. So you'll need a sharp knife, I have a proper gardener's knife, but if you've just got a craft knife, any sharp or small kitchen knife will do, but do make sure it's sharp. Strangely enough, it's the blunt knives which cause the most accidents. So make sure you've got a sharp knife, some small containers in which to put the compost. And I'll tell you about the compost in a minute. So compost, containers and a sharp knife, and you're just about ready to go. Do be careful. Do make sure you do it in a place where you're not likely to cause an accident, some confined area where it's difficult to wield your sharp knife. But the main thing is just to approach it calmly and sensibly. And really, in a theory, nothing much can go wrong. You'll also need a few labels so you can write on the labels and tuck them in the pots to name the particular variety. You may think you will remember. 
you won't. You'll forget if you're anything like me. As I said, you can find notes on all the key information in this podcast on our web page. Now we've got our tools and equipment. Let's get stuck in. The first stage is to identify which bedding plants to keep. Some are worth propagating from cuttings. Others, they're impossible to propagate or it's really not worth propagating them. Don't bother with hardy annuals, things like sweet peas and poppies. They don't really produce wood which is suitable for taking cuttings. They're what we call self-terminating. The best way for keeping them going is to save the seed, either on sweet peas or poppies. If they're making big seed heads, keep the seed somewhere cool and dry. You can sow it again then next spring. There's really no need to take cuttings, it's much easier. Don't bother with things like cosmos and nemesia and tobacco plants. Similarly, there's not really much cutting material on them and they're very soft and sappy to try and get through the winter. Tender perennials like fuchsias, gazanias, pelagoniums that we commonly call geraniums, these are the ones that you can take cuttings of now and over winter so you have a fresh batch of plants next spring. You can also take cuttings next spring, but by taking them and rooting them now, you'll have young, rooted plants, which are so much easier to get through the winter than big, old, gnarled ones. Other things like penstemons, lavender, hebes, and one or two half-hardy annuals, which do produce cutting material, can also be propagated in this way. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG-13. If you're not sure which plants are suitable, there's a comprehensive plant directory on gardenersworld.com. Right, so you're looking at your plant. You've got a few shoots on it which are absolutely covered in flowers. If you can find some shoots which don't have flowers, shoot tips three or four inches long. Those are the ones to take as shoot tip cuttings. They need to be pliable and soft, not too woody. And always make a cut when you remove the shoot tip just above a leaf joint. Have a little polythene bag in your hand and drop these shoot tips into the polythene bag while you're checking over your plants to find this suitable material. So as I say, you're cutting just above a leaf joint so that you don't leave a bit of stalk sticking up on the plant you're taking the cutting from, which will rot back and die down and may well infect the plant. So when you've got a little bag full of cuttings, a few more than you need just to allow for failures, we all have those, you can start to prepare them. Remove the lowest leaves completely, just strip them off and then make a neat cut just underneath a leaf joint with your sharp knife. And do all your cuttings in one go, so you've got a little pile of cuttings then that are prepared. Then you need to insert them in the rooting material. Now, what is it? Well, I tend to use multi-purpose peat-free compost mixed with the same amount of sharp sand. That's river sand, not that yellow stuff you get from builders' merchants, but proper sharp river sand, which allows for really good drainage. Mix the two things together in equal parts so that you've got a good free-draining compost. When it comes to containers, 
Little plastic pots are absolutely perfect. The ones that perhaps you bought plants in, then had to pot them on. Don't throw them away. Keep them for cuttings. Fill each of these pots with the cuttings compost that you've created. Leave about a centimetre, half an inch, between the surface of the compost and the rim of the pot. Don't firm it down too much. Just tap the pot to settle the compost. And then you can insert your cuttings around the edge of the pot. Usually four or five will fit round the edge of the pot if they're tiny like fuchsias. Otherwise, you can use slightly larger pots, 10 centimetres, four inches in diameter, and fit three or four cuttings of things like pelargoniums around the edge of that. Do you use rooting powder or rooting medium? Generally speaking, it's not really necessary. If the compost is good and well-drained, then rooting powder isn't necessary. If you're scared that you don't use it, it won't work, use it. But don't clart the thing up in rooting powder. A little of it on the cut surface is quite sufficient. Then tap the base of the cutting to remove any excess and dip these cuttings in. I always use a pencil around the edge of a pot so that the the topmost shoots and top pair of leaves are sticking out and the bare stem underneath is almost entirely buried. You need only a few leaves at the top. Don't leave too many leaves on a cutting because they just lose moisture. They transpire, they sweat in plant terms and you want to get them to retain as much moisture and stay turgid, stiff, if you possibly can, while they're rooting. So you've taken your cuttings properly, you've removed the lower leaves, you've cut underneath the leaf joint, you've put them around the edge of the pot, you've labelled the pot to say what they are, then give them a good watering. Now with cuttings, you don't need to water from below, that means standing them in a container and letting them take it up. You can give them a good soak with a little watering can fitted with a rose, a sprinkler head. Soak them really well so water comes out of the bottom of the pot and there you are. They are done. What do you do with them now? Well, if you've got a windowsill, that's fine, but don't make it too sunny or they'll scorch and they'll lose water too quickly. A bright windowsill that's lit by indirect light, so one that faces north, northeast, something like that, stand them on that. And if you like, you can pop a polythene bag over the top of them. Even better, a small propagator, that's like a plastic seed tray with a transparent, rigid dome that goes over the top. One of those is really useful on your windowsill. The thing with pelargoniums, because they're slightly downy, geraniums, they don't like a polythene bag over the top. They're quite happy to be left open to the air. And that really is all there is to it. Keep an eye on them for water. Don't let them dry out completely, but at the same time, don't keep them soggy. And if any do rot off, and it happens, just pull them out and keep the rest growing steadily. What do you do when they've started to root? Well, they'll be rooting as we approach winter. It's better, really, to leave them in those pots, keeping the light really bright. If they start to grow too tall, pinch out the shoot tips. It won't harm them at all. It'll stop them getting too leggy. And the time to pop them on individually into their own pots is in March or April next year. If they're really romping away by October and you think they're not going to stay in here all the way through the winter, you can risk potting them up. But that disturbance is really better done at the beginning of the growing season rather than at the end. I'm giving you all these rules, but you know there's nothing to stop you trying a different way. There are so many different ways of gardening and they often work just as well as something that somebody else told you was the only way.
If you want my Titchmarsh's trade secret when it comes to taking softwood cuttings, I reckon that secret is to do things briskly. Take your cuttings and as quickly as you can, prepare them and get them into compost. That way they have less time to dehydrate, to dry out and probably to fail. It's surprising just how many different plants you can propagate from cuttings, and don't be afraid to experiment with cuttings of more unusual plants you might own. What have you got to lose? When in doubt, give it a go. You've nothing to lose and a lot to gain. That's it from me, Alan Titchmarsh. Till the next time, whatever the weather, enjoy your garden. You've been listening to Tea Break Tutorials with me, Alan Titchmarsh, produced by Lucy Ditchmond for BBC Gardener's World magazine. 